an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Take your Bibles this morning, go to Psalm 115. I believe what's going on in the world right now is just a preview, say a preview, of what is to come. That's why you have to learn and grow up and understand the kingdom of God and your position in the kingdom of God so that these things do not rile you all up and get you all nervous and have you pass out and faint and praise God. So talk a little bit about the kingdom this morning. Psalm 115. Are you there? Well, let's read verse 14. We've almost got it. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and made earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to who? Now, we've been studying, we found out that the Lord God created heavens and the earth. The heaven basically is an invisible place, but it's just as real as earth is. Earth is basically a visible place where we live and where we're at. God basically created mankind to rule on the earth. He never created mankind to go to heaven. He doesn't want you in heaven. He doesn't care that much about heaven. He created man for an original purpose to rule on this earth. Say, I was created created to rule and reign reign on on earth. And that's where you're going to end up sooner or later. You're going to end up back here on a new heavens and a new earth, and you're going to be ruling and reigning here. Heaven will just be a holding point for you, basically, if you die or not even die, but leave here. Leave your physical body and go there until the new heavens and the new earth and Jesus comes back, etc., dot, etc. Are you with me this morning? Most of you should be. You've been here long enough to understand what I'm talking about this morning. So basically, that's the way it is. But Christianity has taught us all we're supposed to do is get saved die and go to heaven. That's basically our whole life. Well, I mean, if you, that's good if you get saved at 99 and you die at 100. But if you get saved at 15, how many of you know you've got a lot of years in between your born-again experience and going to heaven? So God created you for that period of time that you have down here right now. You are created and called in this hour to do something specific for God, for the kingdom of God, for the years that you live here. And the only way you're going to do it and do it right is if you find out how the kingdom of God operates, the laws of it, the principles of it, you study the constitution of it, so you can do what you were called here to do. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, even though everybody believes that. It's living your life here without any purpose whatsoever. Who wants to live their whole life in purpose? And everybody wants to live longer. Oh, you want to live longer? Yeah, they're Botoxing and pilling and doing whatever they can do to live longer. But why live longer if you don't even know why you're here to begin with? It's a waste of time. So God basically is trying to show us that he created the heavens and the earth. He is in charge of heaven. Say, God, God. is in charge of heaven. How many know things are going pretty well up there? But how many know that he put man in charge down here? And things aren't going just quite as well as they are with man down here. So notice. We're not, we're not focusing on heaven. Religion and Christianity focuses you on heaven. You need to be focused on ruling on the earth because that's what you were put here for. You have a purpose that God has given you. And, and once again, like uh, Sue was talking about this morning, if you keep the ha- kingdom of heaven as your number one priority, which it's supposed to be, how many know the Bible says first? If you do that, whatever you're doing at that time, basically, is a kingdom operation. 
So if you're dealing with people, if you're talking to someone, if you're whatever, as long as you put the kingdom of heaven in mind first to promote his kingdom and expand his kingdom, whatever you're doing is going to be good because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Are you following me? Many times, I mean, people go on vacation and they think they're going to have this wonderful time. And most of the time, it's just a total week away from God. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm on vacation now. I ain't got time to read. I ain't got time to pray. I ain't got time for any stuff. I'm on vacation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But notice, even if you go on vacation, you're put in different places to advance the kingdom of God in that situation that you're there. What do you now have? Purpose. Say purpose. And as long as you've got that purpose in everything that you do, life is going to be a good thing for you. You're going to be excited about the things you do. You're going to be excited about the opportunities rather than looking at everything as a job. Say a job. I mean, if you look at things as a job, sometimes you don't like your job. You don't like the people at your job, and you just don't like your job, period. Well, you were put there right now for a specific purpose to minister to other people and to get the kingdom lifestyle into their lifestyle. The peace and joy, even now, you've got people around you who need some peace and joy. They don't need you to freak out with them. They don't need you to lose it with them. They don't need you to talk about their words and care. They need to see that you can walk in a perfect peace and you don't have to be all bent out of shape because you belong to a different country. You're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and you have authority to rule and reign situations and circumstances that are in your life right now. And because you do, you don't have to freak out and you don't have to worry. Hallelujah. So notice he gave men what? Dominion, Dominion where? On earth. On earth. Praise God. Go to Genesis chapter 1. All right, Genesis chapter 1, look at verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female he created he them. Back to verse 26. And God said, let us make who? Man. In our image, in our likeness, and let them have what? Dominion. Let them have what? Now notice, this is God's decision. None of you were around when he decided to do this. Basically, God created his man in his own image, in his own likeness, basically just a little bit lower than him, and he said, let them, talking about man, have dominion. Say, let them have dominion. Now, anybody that runs into you that wonders why God's messing up all the time, you know what I mean? If God is sovereign, then why are babies being killed? And why are people starving? And why is all this stuff going on? If God was in control and he's sovereign and he's such a good loving God, why isn't he taking care of this stuff? Because he's not in control down here. He's not in control down here. Man, let them. Say let them. Let them means that man is in control down here. Does he want to be controlled by God from heaven in a connection to the Holy Spirit? Yes, he does. He wants to be able to hear on the inside. Your spirit and the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you for your orders down here of what you're supposed to do. But notice, God is not the one in control. If God was in control, I can tell you right now, everybody would be saved. Everyone would be healed. Everyone would be delivered. We're going to have that someday. Everyone's going to be in peace. Everybody's going to be in joy. But God's not the one in control. And the church keeps wanting to push that off onto God because they're too lazy to take the dominion for themselves, to understand what your position and what your call is here. Whether you believe it or not, you have been raised into heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named. Well, that's a great scripture. I love that one. I get it underlined in my Bible. It's in red. Yeah, but do you really know that? Do you, do you know that's who you are? Do you know you rule and reign? Anytime you worry, you've taken your crown off. 
and you've thrown it over in the corner someplace. Anytime you fret, anytime you're in fear, it shows that you're not a king because king got nothing to worry about, praise God. They are in control of every single thing. Hallelujah. So God said, let them. Say, let them. them. Now, here's the difference between a kingdom, which we're studying now, and a democracy or anything else that we've lived in our whole life. It's very hard to understand the Bible unless you understand kingdom. Because the whole thing is about kingdom. It's about a king and about his domain, basically. We are kings here on the earth. Our domain is the earth, which is a territory that's there, basically. And whenever a king says something, it immediately becomes law. See, when the presidents, any presidents we had ever said anything, how many know it didn't become law? How many know it might have even been true? Come on. If a a senator gets up and says something, how many know that that's not law and it may not even be true? A congressman gets up. But when a king gets up and says something, it becomes law the minute that he releases it out of his mouth. Remember when uh, John the Baptist got captured by Herod and he was in the dungeon down there and Herod's niece came and danced some kind of dance there and basically he looked at the niece and he said, you can have anything that you want. I declare you can have anything that you want up to half of my kingdom. And what did she ask for? The head of John the Baptist. And it says in the Bible that he wasn't very happy then because he liked John. But because he decreed it and made it a law, he could not even change the law Why he was a king. So he had to cut off John the Baptist's head, even though he didn't want to cut off John the Baptist's head, simply because he was a... Are you following me? It's the story of Daniel. They came to Daniel and said, Hey, you make a declaration that nobody can pray to anybody. They can't pray. They can't do that. So he makes a decree. They push him into it. He makes a decree. Nobody can do that. It'll be thrown in the lion's den. How many know Daniel kept praying? And the Bible goes on, and he says, he was mad at himself. So here's a king. He declares a decree. It becomes law. Then Daniel's in trouble because he's going to have to go in the lion's den. And the king was upset at himself. Why? Because he's the one that made the decree. Once the decree is made, the decree becomes law. You can't change it. So when God said, let them have dominion, how many know that's law? It's a law, isn't it? And let's just go a little further. How many know that you're a king? And how many know that you talk? And how many of you know you're making decrees every single day? See, a lot of you are living in your own laws. You're cutting off your own head. You're putting yourself in the lion's den. Because you don't understand what comes out of your mouth as a king is a very important thing here in the earth realm. What you're, well, we'll never have enough. Just the way we are. Dad never had enough. Grandpa never had enough. Everybody never had enough. We're never going to have enough. I guarantee you, you're never going to have enough. Why? Because you set the law for it. Every year, snowbirds come down, we get sick. Every year, they come down, we get sick. Every darn year, I guarantee you what's going to happen. You're going to get sick. And it's not because the flu is out there. It's not because disease is out there. Because you're a king and you're claiming things that you don't want. Come on, are you following me this morning? You've got to watch your mouth. And if something slips out of there, which it will, you need to address it right away. You know, At least we, we've got the opportunity as kings to repent and change what we said and kill the seed of it anyway. So what comes out of your mouth is very important. But notice, God says, let man have dominion. When he said, let them, it immediately transferred all authority on earth to a human being. How many of you are human beings? So not that tells me several things. It tells me one thing, that God really cannot do anything here on the earth without the cooperation of a human being. Everybody says, I need God. God's saying, I need you. Lord, I need you. I need you. You see? Because you're the connection with him. You're, you're the ambassador down here. You're the one doing things. So God basically has limited his power and authority down here by giving mankind control of this earth, control of situations and things that are in your life personally. So basically, how do we grant permission to God to do things? 
How do we do it? Pray. That's right. Prayer, that's what prayer is. Prayer is not begging God for things. We've been taught that. I was taught that as a Christian. What do you do? You pray for a house and you believe God. You pray for a car and you believe God. Christianity prays to deity to get things. Kingdom prays to deity to, to do what his things are. You see the difference? I'm praying to fulfill God's will now. What's his will? That heaven would come to earth and earth would be just like heaven. So my prayer time is not trying to get things from him. My prayer time is putting him first in my life all the time. Even the scripture that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these. See, we don't seek the kingdom to get things. We seek the kingdom because it's the right thing to do. And all these things will follow unto you. You've got to watch out where your heart is and where your priorities are in the kingdom of God. That's the main thing is your priorities and what you're doing. Remember the disciples, Jesus came and said, if anybody leaves father, mother, dog, cat, whatever, and goes in the kingdom of God, they will have twice as many dog, cats, whatever they do. Do you know the scripture I'm talking about? And he told the disciples that. Now watch what the disciples said. We've left everything, which how many know they did? And and now watch their last line. What do we get? It still showed that they had a Christian mentality because they wouldn't have cared what they got for what they did because they just did it because it was right. Are you listening this morning? That's why even Sue said this morning, I wasn't praying long enough, and I wasn't doing this long enough, and God was still blessing me. You don't earn the blessings and the revelation from God. You just walk with God, and he gives them to you. Whatever you're trying to earn from God, you'll never get. Come on now. How many of you tried to earn salvation? Anybody try to get good enough to get saved? How many of you got saved and said, Woohoo, I made it. Jesus, I've been so good for three days. No, I'm saved. No, you tried, and you tried, and you tried, and finally you said, I give up. God said, good. Now you can't take credit for anything. Now I can get in there, and I can do something about it. Just confess me as your Lord and Savior, and what are you going to do? I'm going to be born again, praise God. What did you do to get it? Nothing. By grace, through faith, not of ourselves, it is a... Let me tell you, healing's a gift from God. Joy is a gift from God. Peace is a gift from God. All these things are gifts from God that have been given to us in the kingdom of God, and we've got to protect our territory... As a king, we've got to protect our kingdom. We've got to protect our kingdom of peace and of joy and of all these things because you can because you're the one who is the let them that says that they have authority. Say, I have authority. Authority over fear, over worry, over finances, over devils, over my thought life, over everything in my life. Now, the question is, are you using that authority in your daily life? See, how many know stuff comes up every day? Something's going to come up. This bad news is going to come. That bad news is going to come. This is going to come. But you have the ability to do that. You, you can control your thinking. The Bible says cast down a few thoughts and imaginations. No, cast down every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the constitution of the kingdom of God. So I'm going to do that. If there's a thought coming in that I'm going to get sick, I'm not going to harbor that, think about it, see myself falling down, not being able to talk, high fever, almost dying, and then snap out of it. I'm going to nail it as soon as that thought comes in there. That's not me. I'm a kingdom citizen. And there is no sickness in the kingdom of God, praise God. So I walk in divine health this day, and I'm a king, and in the name of Jesus, I walk in divine health right now. Sickness will not come nigh my dwelling. It's more than just knowing the scripture. It's knowing your position with that scripture. See? That's what it depends. We still think we're weak. We still think we're lost. We still don't think we have any power, but we're going to spit a scripture out every now and then. No, you have a legal right to use scripture because of the position that God put you in. When he was raised from the dead, you were raised from the dead. When he was seated at the right hand of the Father, you were seated at the right hand of the Father. And he came back and he says, I got the keys of hell and death. And who did he give them to? Us. He said, here they are. 
the keys of hell and of death. I give them to you. Why? Because we're supposed to use them. So everything works by law, no matter what you do. So you're a king. You have rights. You have rules. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God, which also gives you rights. And you're going to rule, first of all, your own little territory. Say my own little territory. See, you've got to be able to rule your own life before you go out and save the world. Or else you'll end up as another casualty. See, we don't want to do that. We want to do it, praise God. When you start to lose your peace on something, you address that. I don't do that, praise God. Meditate the word of God. Say, meditate the word of God. Whenever you take time to pray in tongues, think about something about the word. Just don't think about things. Many people think about what they're going to have for supper while they're praying in tongues. That's all right, but it's a good time to meditate at the same time. So I meditate on me being a king. I'm praying in tongues, and I see myself with a scepter. I see myself with a crown. I don't see myself here. I see myself way up there, praise God, looking down on the problems of this world, looking down on the devil who's underneath my feet, and I see myself as a king. I see myself as someone with authority. And I walk around like this, and I'm not going to make it. I walk around as a king, praise God. When I come into a situation or circumstance, I can take care of that situation or circumstance. I'm not afraid of this, not afraid of that. Why? Because who I am, I'm a king, praise God. I'm not a subject. I'm not a servant. I'm not all those things. I am a king according to the kingdom of God, praise God. And guess what he is the king of? King. And he is the Lord of? Lord. That makes you a king and lord, don't it? But we want the king to do everything when the king already delegated us the authority to handle every single thing in our life. Go to Matthew 18. I'm trying to pick you up a little bit in your spirit this morning. Grab you underneath your arms and just raise you up a little bit. I mean, even the Old Testament talked about living in days of heaven upon the earth. So it must be available even to us. All right, Matthew 18, look at verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Jesus says, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree as touching anything on earth that they ask, it shall be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in their name, there am I in the midst. Notice verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you bind, say bind. Another translation says, whatever you allow on earth, it will be allowed from heaven. Whatever you disallow on earth will be disallowed. Another one says, whatever you lock up on earth will be locked up. Whatever you unlock on earth will be unlocked. So notice, the first move in any situation in your life is you. You make the first situation, oh, I'm not going to allow this in my I'm not going to allow unforgiveness in my life. But don't you know what they did? I don't care what they did. I don't allow unforgiveness in my life because it's not a kingdom operation. It's going to hurt my dominion. So I do not allow. Oh, don't You should be offended. Well, I know I probably should be in the natural realm, but I don't allow that into my life. Or you, how many know you can allow it? Yeah. And if you do, how many know heaven has to? I don't know why God let me get this way. Let me get in unforgiveness. Let me get in all this stuff. He has to allow you to do those things. Your prayer basically just opens the door and gives him an opportunity to be an influence in the things around you to fulfill his will in every circumstance of your life, praise God. So you can allow God into your finances. You can allow God into your, your body. You can allow God everywhere because it's whatever we bind on earth and whatever we loose on earth, that is the key to what God can do in the earth realm. Prayer is important. Why? Because it allows God to interfere in your things. 
You're allowing God to interfere. Go ahead, God. Step right in there. You said, God, that I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. A little attack's coming on me right now. I'm going to allow you to come in here because you said the blood of Jesus took care of me. You said by his stripes I've been healed. You said that I've been delivered. Praise God. You said that I've been set free. Glory to God. So I'm not going to allow that in my life. Praise God. In the name of Jesus because I'm a king. Praise God. And I'm not going to let that in there. Glory to God. And you know what happened? All of heaven will back you rather than saying, I think I'm getting it. Everybody got it. And, oh, that's it. I know I got it right now. Praise God. I, now let me see where I picked it up. Can I remember back where I got it? What happened? And by that time, you're allowing it, allowing it. And if you allow it in your life, heaven can't do anything about it. So if you want to keep God interfering in your life, you've got to keep praying in your life and allowing God to interfere in your life. So like I said this morning, prayer meetings are great, but you need to be a prayer meeting on two legs. I mean, I walk down the street, and I'll see somebody over here that looks miserable, and I'll just say under my breath, God, bless them. Hallelujah. I release you to bless them somehow, to help them in whatever situation they need help, whatever needs to be done, constantly allowing God to do things in your life, in your family. I mean, how much better would we be when we've got children who don't obey the Lord? Thank God I do. But people have children who don't obey the Lord that try to solve everything themselves. I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to give them a call. No, why don't you just stay to the promises? You trained them up in the way that they should go, and when they get old, they're not going to depart from it. You now are in charge. You do something about it right now, praise God. Why? Because I'm allowing God to intervene in the earth realm, but I have to give him permission. Are you following me? in order to do these things. Well, we're too busy saying, oh, give me, my, give me a car, give me a boat, give me a house, give me, and then you get your car, boat, and house. Help me make the payments on the car, the boat, and the house, and give me another credit card so I can forward the credit card. No, that's not kingdom living. That's stupidity. That's the way the world lives right now. That's where the world's at right now. No, things aren't the thing for you, praise God. God things are the things for you, glory to God. Knowing what his will is, knowing what his purpose is, what he wants to do. He wants to extend his kingdom into this earth realm. And when he does that through you, you don't have to worry about anything else. Things will chase you down, praise God. Finances will chase you down. Property will chase you down, praise God. Peace and joy will be on the inside of you all the time. In the midst of hell itself, you'll still have peace and joy. Come on, look at Daniel. He wasn't the lion's den. He wasn't screaming as they tried to lower. No, don't let me in. No, he knew he was a man God. He just got dropped down in there, went and petted the lion for a little bit, went to sleep. Hallelujah. And what happened to the people who encouraged him to make that decree? Lion food. Got Daniel out, and in the lion's den they went. I'll bet that was a quick one. That was probably about it right there, praise God. So notice, you've got all these things, but you've got to understand, you've got to let God in your life. One man of God said one time that without God we cannot, and God without us will not. So you're bound together. Basically, whether you like it or not, you are God and sons. You are part of his business, he is part of your business, and you have to work together and be co-laborers with him. All right, go to Matthew chapter 9. Thank you, Ramona. Praise God. All right, Matthew chapter 9, look at verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted. They were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors they are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his 
harvest. Now notice, there's no lack of harvest according to Jesus because the harvest is what? Plenteous. Another one says the harvest is ripe. How many know ripe means it's time to pick the thing? But the laborers are few. So what are we supposed to do? Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send both. Now isn't it God's will to save people? Doesn't he will that all be saved? Yes, he does. So why do we have to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors? Why don't he just do it himself? Because he can't do it himself until you pray from earth and allow him to do what he wants to do in the earth realm by allowing him to interfere in the things here. Praise God. Isn't that good? So notice, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. So that means prayer in our lives becomes a serious business. There's a lot of people that don't pray and God ain't doing much in your life or you're not, you're not asking him or allowing him to do anything in your life. So we can't do it. Can't you see God? Yeah, he can see. Don't you know what I'm going through? Yes, he does. He really does. He knows all that stuff. But you have to allow him. And I'll tell you what, worry, complaining, criticalness does not allow him into your life. It blocks him out of your life. It, it locks him out. But we want heaven to be an influence through us into the earth realm. So we're going to do that basically through prayer. So through our faith, through our dominion, through our position and our agreement with God, we allow things into our life, praise God, that turn out to be what God's will is in our life. The Bible says Jesus did nothing outside the will of his Father. He didn't do nothing that the Father didn't tell him to do. Why? He was in constant communication with the Father, and whatever the Father wanted to do, he just kept doing it and stayed in communication with him. All right, go to Matthew chapter 6. That was my introduction. This is what I want to get to really this morning, so we'll do it in fine fashion. All right, Matthew chapter 6, are you there? Look at verse 26. Jesus says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Are you not? Now, there's a reason why Jesus would ask this. He would ask this because there are some people who don't believe they're any better than the birds or the lily. Or else why ask this question to begin with? In other words, here he says, I take care of the birds, I take care of the lilies. Are you not much better than they? Some people would say, I think so. Others would say, I sure hope I am. But notice, what happened to Adam in the garden when him, Adam and Eve sinned was basically they lost their self-esteem, they lost their position, and they lost their way of thinking to a point where they saw themselves as unworthy, they saw themselves as guilty, they saw themselves as less than even a human being at that time, and because of self-doubt that the devil got into them, they were more doubters than believers. Come on, they were walking in the cool of the day before they sinned. They loved God. They were with God. What happened after they sinned? They were hiding behind a bush. Why is that? Fear came into their life, all this stuff. And when their mentality has been passed down to each person. And each person's mentality now in the church is the same. And religion has helped us to convince us that we're no good, sinners, can't do anything, got no legal right for nothing, and God either loves you or he doesn't love you, and he's either going to heal you or he's not going to heal you, and he either cares or he don't care. That's not true. What's true is we've got low self-esteem, low of who we are, low of what we can do. You're no longer a sinner, the Bible says. The Bible says you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ, praise God. How did you do that? By the blood of the Lamb. It had nothing to do with you whatsoever. So this low self-esteem that we got, I'll tell you what most of the church is, they're like the prodigal son who just came out of the pig pen. 
I'm going to go back to father, but I ain't going to be a son anymore. I'm just going to be a servant, and whatever he eats got to be better than the corn husk that I was eating here, and that's all I want to do. Father, that's all I've sinned against you. I've sinned. To, and what did the father say, who's a representative of God? Get in here. What's the matter with you? Gave him a big hug, gave him a kiss, gave him a ring, gave him some shoes, gave him a robe, said, what's the matter with you? You're a son, praise God. But most of the church has not come up to that sonship mentality yet. They're still in the, oh, God's mad at me. I'm, I sinned. Oh, God remembers what I did 30 years ago. Oh, God's just holding that against me. Oh, I did that wrong. I did that wrong. I did that wrong. See, that mentality cannot promote you to a kingdom mentality that you need to operate in the anointing of God and the authority of God that God has already given you. So we have citizens in the kingdom of God with all these rights but not taking advantage of them because of their mentality, which is an earthly mentality, a loser mentality. Nothing ever goes right for me mentality. I can't do nothing. I mean, for years and years you were taught that basically because the only guy with any kind of power was standing behind the pulpit. See, preachers, they had all the power. They had all the authority, and that's why you had needed to come, keep coming to their church because you didn't have any. I'm telling you, you, do, you got it's just as much as I do authority and power in your life that I do unless you got a different Holy Ghost than I did. Maybe you got half of him. Maybe just his right arm and not his left. No, you got the same, and you got the same authority. You're seated in the same position. It has nothing to do. I'm just here as a teacher to help you understand who you are, not keep you down so that you needeth me. Makes a lot of sense, don't it? Yeah, you're worthless things. You better get back here so I can help you next week. You're terrible. You're all dying, but I can save you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. No, that's not what it's about. You're in the same kingdom, the same citizen, the same everything, and you've got the same rights. You've got the same authority. You've got the same power. You've got everything that you need already on the inside of you, praise God. But your mentality has to get there. You've got to go. When you were born again, praise God, let's just go to that. Go to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5. We used to live here. Tell you, the more my mentality goes into a kingdom mindset, the more bold I become. The more fearless I become. The more things don't bother me anymore. Worries and care don't bother anymore. Lack doesn't make any difference. Uh, Even lack of toilet paper doesn't throw me into a panic, praise God. Somebody said the other day, what are you going to do? I said, we got a lot of books. <laughs> we have got books everywhere. <laughs> Praise God. And that's a lot of pages. Glory to God. Come on now. Some of you laugh, but that's the way it was. Come on. Back in the old days, they had an outhouse, and they had one big magazine that they got every month, and that was it. So Sears, there you go. Thank God for Sears. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 17. Notice what it says. If you don't have it underlined, you need to do it. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a what? A new creature. Say new creature. Say new creature. So when I got born again, what happened to me? I instantly became a? Now notice, you're not becoming a new creature. You were made a new creature. So everybody in the church teaches you that when you got born again, you have to do this, do that, do this and that to be a new creation. But you were made a new creation. The only thing lacking is your mind to catch up with who you are in the spirit in order to understand who you are. So I'm a brand new creation. So when I read that, I'm a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. That means I'm not who I used to be. And if I'm not who I used to be, I've got to find out who I am. And if I'm going to find out who I am, I've got to get in the word of God who tells me who I am to understand who I am. And then once I found out who I am, thought who I was I started acting like who I was because as a man thinks in his heart so is 
So I started changing my mind. What did I do? I went to the Bible. And all at once I found in the Bible that I have an anointing. All at once I find out that I have the measure of faith. All at once I could speak to a mountain and it would move. All at once I was raised and seated in heavenly places. All at once I was more than a conqueror in the things of Christ Jesus. All at once I had faith. All these things started coming to me. And these are things I had, not things I had to earn. And here's where religion brings you in. It wants you to earn everything. Well, you can, you can be seated in heavenly places far above, but you better not sin in the next two weeks, and you better be a very good person, and you better treat everybody right, and then you'll be raised and seated. No, you are raised and seated in heavenly places. Your change comes from faith in the promises, not from your acts and what you do. So you can't work your way into stuff. It's already in the Bible. So I saw that, and I started believing it. I saw I was raised and seated. I started believing it. Look at what else it says. Therefore, if any of you be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have what? Hallelujah. I mean, if that scripture don't make you happy, I didn't know most of you before you got saved, but I'll tell you what, it's a dang good thing old things passed away. I don't know where you were, but I was a disaster before I got born again. I was keeping Budweiser stock way up the top, praise God, constantly. Sinning, running around, doing all those things, staying out all night, playing cards, gambling, doing whatever you could do. But when I found out that the old things passed away, it told me that I'm no longer in bondage to alcohol because it passed away. Gone. I didn't have to sin anymore. Why? Gone. Passed away. I didn't have to worry anymore. Why? Passed away. All these things passed away. But we want to get born again and then still live in our own person by claiming those things. Whatever you claim in your life, you've got to fight against. If you claim you're an angry person, I guarantee you, you will be fighting angry from now until the day you die. But if you say, praise God, I've been delivered from anger, and I never get angry, hallelujah, I'm an anger-free person, pretty soon you'll never have another problem with anger for the rest of your life. But if you want to fight the battle, it's not going to work in your life. And what are we doing once again? We're going back to that kingly confession, aren't we? Well, my dad was an angry person, and my grandpa, he was a real angry person, and I'm an angry person because we're angry caresses. That's what we do. We get angry, praise God. We get angry at everybody. How's your anger problem? Not getting much better. Not getting much better at all. Matter of fact, I'm going past grandpa right now. We're, we're neck and neck, praise God, right now. We're having a, having a race, glory to God, to see who can get there. No, you gotta, you gotta, can't say I'm an alcoholic and get free from alcohol. I'm sorry. You can't say I'm an addict and get free from being addicted doesn't work that way. So what are you going to do? You're going to believe Jesus. You're going to put faith in what he did for you. And when you do that, things start falling off your life. Say, falling off your life. And I'll tell you, that's a lot better than fighting against those things. All right, go to 1 John chapter 4. You won't hear this scripture read or quoted or preached on very often because most of the church is afraid of it. 1 John chapter 4. Look at verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Well, why is that? Because as he is, so are in this world. Because as he, talking about Jesus, is, how many know he is? He's already resurrected. How many of you know that? He's already seated in heavenly places. How many of you know that? He's already glorified. As he is, so are we where? See, now I was taught you will be as he is as soon as you die and go to heaven. Well, when I die and go to heaven, I'm not going to need the authority very much because unless God needs me, which he probably doesn't. See, so it's a right now thing. As he is, so am I where? Well, how did Jesus operate when he was in this world? Could he walk up to the leper? 
who had leprosy and go, contagious? Oh, stay right over there. I'll pray for you. He didn't, did he? The Bible says he walked up and he touched him. Touched him and said, be healed. And you know what happened? Now, he wasn't worried about whether he was going to walk out of there with a bunch of leprosy. Come on. He knew he was. He knew what his position was like. He knew what was going on when the boat was filling up with water and going back and forth, and he was sleeping. And they woke him up and said, Ha-ha, we're going to die. He didn't say, You're right. We're all going down. Get the scuba gear out. Give me a mask. Come on. But that's what we do. The world's boat starts going down, and we're right in there with them, bailing water. Praise God. Come on, we're going to sink. No, no, you're not that. You're different. You're a kingdom person. Pray. You're the one that stands up and says, just relax a little bit. Stop it in Jesus' name. Now, let me go back to sleep. You're bothering me, see? But we want to be like the disciples. And I'll tell you, the disciples, they, they did some stupid stuff if you read the Bible. But notice, we're not that. You've got to change your mindset from being a loser to being one of the disciples to up where Jesus is because that's who you are, praise God. Christ lives in you, and he is the hope of glory in your life. So things shouldn't scare you at all. Jesus didn't run from these things. He didn't pray 45 minutes about these things. He was walking in the kingdom mentality, and he ruled and reigned over everything in his life, praise God. He even got mad at a fig tree once. Mm-hmm. And what happened? He spoke to it. And how many know it killed it at the roots? Say the roots. the roots. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A lot of things that you, when you're walking in the kingdom, you can speak to, and you may not see any change right then, but I guarantee you, you hit it in the roots, and you come back a couple days later, and little branches are going to be all shriveling up, and all the leaves are going to be off of that thing, see? That's why you can't go by what you see. You've got to go by your position. We put so much faith in other things. Put your faith in your position. Put your faith in who you are. Put your faith in that mentality. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 11. Go a little over this morning. You're not allowed, you're not allowed to go any place anyway, so <laughs> you're in a safe space. You might as well just stay here. <laughs> All right, where was I going? Hebrews what? All right, go back to Hebrews two. Should be nine chapters in front of it. All right, look at verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, and he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons into glory. See, that's me. And to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering, for both he that sanctifieth and they that are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he's not ashamed to what? He's not ashamed to call us what? He's not ashamed to call us a brother. Now the question is, are you ashamed to call him a brother? See, he's not ashamed. He knows what the Bible says. He knows what took place in your life. He knows what's there. You are a brother and you are a son of the living God. You are a brother to Jesus himself, which gives you power and authority in your life. All right, go to Romans chapter 12. a story one time of a uh, somebody was telling me about the kingdom of God and they, they gave an illustration to where 
there was this guy who always wanted to take a 12-day boat trip, but he didn't have the money. He kept saving up, saving up, saving up. Finally, he got enough money to go on the boat trip, and he was so excited, was going to Europe or something, so he had enough money to get the ticket and go on the boat, and he was on the boat. And On the boat, he brought a backpack with all his clothes and stuff in, and he brought a jar of peanut butter and a jar of jelly and, and bread because he was so excited he could be on there. He wanted to live for 12 days eating all this food and stuff, so he got on there, and he was so excited. He'd sit out on the deck every night, and he'd eat peanut butter and jelly, and he'd look in the dining room where all those other people were, and they were eating all this good food and stuff, but he didn't care because he had a ticket, praise God. He was gone, and he was eating his peanut butter and jelly, and they were in there, praise God, living it up, having lobster and steak and everything, but he didn't care because he got his ticket, praise God, and about the 11th day of his trip, somebody came out of the dining room and said, how do you like the trip? Oh, I love it. I've always wanted to do this. Uh, this is what I always wanted to do, and they said, well, we can't understand why you never joined us in the dining room, and he said, well, because I just had a ticket to go on the trip, and the guy said, well, it's an all-inclusive And all of your ticket gave you an all-inclusive. And most Christians are living a peanut butter and jelly life. <laughs> Not knowing that right there in the dining room at the Father's table, in the King's table, praise God, he's got a table set before you in the presence of your enemies. And we're saying, no, we can't come in there today. I brought my own peanut butter and jelly along. I'm going to be happy right out here. I'm saved, gone to heaven, saved, gone to heaven. Praise God. Don't care about authority. Don't care about anything else. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, Romans chapter 12. Verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable under God, which is your reasonable service. Now notice, you have authority over anything you're fighting in the flesh. Anything that your body wants to do that's not godly. You can take authority over those desires and over those passions. You, don't, you can do that. Do you understand? You have authority to do that. If you get to a place where you're so addicted to something you can't get free, then, then you can go with somebody else. But most of my deliverances came from me. I self-delivered myself. Do you understand? I found out what the scripture said, and I decided not to do that anymore if God didn't want me to do that stuff. So then I started confessing it with my mouth, and I used my authority when the temptation came along to do it. You can resist that. You can resist fear. You can resist worry. You can resist feelings and emotions that come on. You can resist that bad attitude. You've got it trained to come up when certain things happen, but you can learn how to get that thing out of your life once and for all because you have authority in those situations. The victim mentality is a biggie. When Adam fell, basically we all became victims. We get born again, we remain a victim. We can't do anything. Nobody loves us. God don't even love us. Nobody cares. You can't do nothing right for a person like that. I mean, you call them, they're mad because you think they're, they're in such a mess that you had to call them. If you don't call them, they're mad because you didn't call them. You can't win. You're in a losing situation if somebody's in that place. They've got to get free either through the Word of God or you've got to set them free in order to even do something with them. Everything that you do is for a purpose that's not good for them. And that's just where they sit. That's where they sit. Everybody's calling me. I don't know why they call me. They call me, but they know I'm not feeling well. Don't they think I believe God? Then the next week, nobody calls them. Nobody loves me. I've been waiting all week right here by the phone. Nobody ever called me the whole time. Nobody loves me. Jesus, don't even love me. Well, he don't have a cell phone, so relax. See, it's that attitude. And you've got to be raised up out of that attitude. Your authority is not going to work from a defeatist mentality place. It's not going to work for you. So basically, verse 2 and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? The renewing of what? The taming of your flesh. The doing your best not to sin. No, the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of who? 
Okay, what is God's will? God created mankind back here. He created him because he created a place called the earth. He wanted it ruled by mankind, so he sent mankind there in his own image and his own likeness to rule earth. So once you understand and get your mind renewed of who you are, basically, in the kingdom of God, you can then start proving his will in every situation in your life and in the lives of others. You're going to see blind eyes open. You're going to see deaf ears unstopped. You're going to see deliverances take place because you know what God's will is and you believe that he has given you the authority to carry out that will as an ambassador in your life. Are you following me? All right, one more. Go to Revelations. Revelations 1. telling you right now there's a day coming when there is going to be a generation who rises up to this level and is going to start understanding and you're not going to have to tell people you're a Christian then you're not going to have to put a fish on your bumper you're going to have to put a cross around your neck they're just going to see that you're talking, you're living, you're doing differently than most people out there and every time there's a tragedy like this it is another opportunity to shine as a light I'm telling you what, my God what an opportunity now, there's nothing but darkness gross darkness everywhere but the glory of the Lord shall rise upon those people praise God and they're going to see the light and the darkness, you're the light right now don't jump into the darkness with them and talk like them and act like them and everything else. They're not going to be able to tell the difference. Live like who you are and like what Christ did for you, and you'll be an example to everybody else. Hallelujah. And I mean, how about, I mean, you know, relations the toughest place to do that. Your own relation. Yeah. How's it going down there? Great. Praise God. We're healed and delivered. We're walking in the power of God. You better be careful. That stuff that we're going to jump on you when you talk like that. You're going to get it sooner or later. Praise God. How's your toilet paper supply? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, Revelations chapter 1. Look at verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the, who's the kings of the earth? We are, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Now, that's what I was taught in Christianity, and how many know that was good? How many know I needed to know he loved me? And I needed to know that I was washed in the blood and I was born again and on my way to heaven. But notice, kingdom goes further, verse 6. And has made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever and ever. How many know this is a long time? And ever. Amen. Now just flip up to Revelations chapter 5. We'll go right back to where we started. Revelations 5, look at verse 10. And he has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign where? We shall reign where? Then you're not going to stay in heaven, are you? In order to reign on earth, you almost got to be here. So basically, what is he doing? He's showing you the finale of the whole thing. Sooner or later, we're going to be reigning on earth. There's going to be an earth of righteousness. There's going to be no worry, fear, any of that stuff. But for right now, you are in a place down here where there's a battle going on in your life. There's things happening in your life. But you've got to understand who you are. We sing the song, and we sing the song. But you've got to find out for yourself. You have been made a king and a priest to Almighty God. You are a brother to Jesus Christ. You are a son to God himself. And your authority with that kind of mentality will work in every single area of your life. Things will try to come into your life and you will simply speak to them and they will run for cover, praise God. You will resist the devil and I'll tell you what, he will flee. Stop bragging on the devil, please. Oh, he did this to me and did that to you and you're just saying you didn't use your authority. The devil did that to me this week. Well, why didn't you stop him? The Bible says you resist him and he'll flee. So now take your authority. 
Get those thoughts. Knock those thoughts down. Live in peace and joy. Start with yourself. Let's start today, and let's just live all the way through tomorrow night in peace and joy. And then if you want to take a little break of worry for a little bit, do it, and then come right back in. You know, if you start having withdrawals, I can't take this peace and joy anymore. <laughs> oh, my God, i got to worry about something. I'm so used to this. You can do that if you want to. Take a little break, then step right back over in it, and do it again, praise God. How I many know you do things so long, it's hard to break out of those things, praise God. So you are a king this morning. You are a priest this morning. Whatever you've been thinking of yourself, praise God, you're important. Take a look at me now. Hallelujah. What do you see? You should see the glory coming out of the inside of me and out of every single person. And when you get this attitude, not only does it help you, but it helps you the way you see others. See? You see other kings and priests, and you start to teach them, and you start to behave toward them like another king rather than a loser, a victim somebody else you got to raise that level up the best thing you can do is just raise that mindset up raise that level up to who you are praise God you're all kings and queens praise God we've got a whole church of kings and queens isn't that nice but that feel, I can almost feel the royalty up here flowing around touching people's life use your authority on little things build yourself up don't try to change the world tomorrow morning just because you heard this teaching know where you're at and use your authority for the things that you know the authority will work on right now dynamic words, go to mytcbc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. So remember to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you.